It's TechBiter Worldwide with Bill Flynn. The latest on programs and policies, helpful hints, and a bit of occasional nonsense. All in more or less plain English. Podcast number 789 for the 22nd of April, 2022. This week, Windows seems to have an infinite number of settings and controls. We all know that the options aren't really infinite, but there are a lot of them. Sometimes making a small change can eliminate an annoyance, and we'll consider three examples this week. In short circuits, when you need to create a CD, DVD, or Blu-ray disc, you can use the Windows Explorer. There's a better choice, though. ImageBurn has been around since 2005 and was last updated in 2013, but it's still the best way to burn a disc. If you're annoyed by the screen that appears before the Windows login screen, there's an easy way to make it go away permanently. And 20 years ago, few computer users had UPS units to protect their computers in 2002, and some found out the hard way that they could lose all their data in a flash. Sometimes little tweaks can make a computer much more enjoyable to use or much less annoying to use, depending on your point of view. Let's take a look at three changes I've made recently. We no longer have any Windows 10 computers in the house, but relax if you have Windows 10, because all three of these suggestions will work just fine with Windows 10. Windows 11 has a lot more in common with Windows 10 than it has differences. Had it not been for hardening some of the security functions that have specific hardware requirements, Windows 11 might well have been called Windows 10.000001. But let's stop wasting time with that and move on to the tweaks. Microsoft establishes a lot of default applications, procedures, and functions. Fast Startup is one of these, and it does speed the boot process in most cases. It may also create some unexpected problems. It's helpful to understand what Fast Startup does. When the user selects Shutdown from the Power menu, the computer shuts off. Now, you might expect that this clears the system memory, but it doesn't. Fast Startup creates kind of a hybrid state that writes information about all the currently open applications and processes to disk and then turns the computer off. When the user starts the system that has Fast Startup enabled, all of that saved information is reloaded at boot time. Because applications and services don't have to be restarted, Windows is ready for use faster. And that's exactly what you want most of the time. But there are two situations in which Fast Startup can be a problem. First, and the most common problem, is for users who are trying to clear an operating system issue. The age-old procedure involves shutting the computer down, waiting a minute or so, and then restarting it. But if there was a problem with memory corruption involving a running process, that same corruption will be reloaded by fast startup. The solution to this problem is not to use shutdown when you want to clear system memory. Instead, select Reboot, which does clear the system's RAM and writes nothing to disk during the process. As long as you remember to use Reboot instead of Shutdown, there's no need to do anything else. The second possible problem is a bit more thorny, though. 
one that's evident on my computer, but not on my wife's computer. My computer has a process that can record Skype calls. Files are written to one of the external drives, and that drive will not have been mounted and ready for use when the recorder application is restored from the boot drive's disk image. As a result, the recorder application displays an error message to let me know that it can't find the directory where it's supposed to write its files. The same is true for a few other applications that need access to configuration files or storage locations that are not on the computer's built-in C drive. In this case, the solution involves turning fast startup off. Most people won't need to do this, but here's how to do it if fast startup creates a problem for your computer. It's a little more complicated than it should be because the controls needed aren't yet in settings. You'll need the old control panel. So press the Windows key and type Control, then choose Control Panel from the list that appears. Make sure you have the Category listing selected, and then select System and Security. Click Change What the Power Buttons Do in the Power Options section of the next screen, and that opens yet another window. Under the section titled Define Power Buttons and Turn On Password Protection, select Change Settings that are currently unavailable. This will make shutdown settings in the lower half of the panel editable. The option called Turn On Fast Startup Recommended will be selected by default. Clear the checkmark on the Fast Startup option, then save the changes. Now, when you shut the computer down, all memory will be cleared, so the computer will start with a fresh slate. If you're wondering just how much slower startup is with the option turned off, well, it's noticeable but just barely. With fast startup enabled, the computer starts in less than 30 seconds, but then I have to deal with error messages from several applications. With fast startup disabled, the boot process takes about 50 seconds, but there are no error messages to deal with. The next tweak you might want to consider is called God Mode. God Mode has been around for years. It provides quick access to lots of settings, Although it may be less important as settings are migrated from the control panel to the new settings app, it's quite helpful when you need something from the old control panel. In fact, if you had had God Mode enabled for the previous tip, navigating to the location where you can disable fast startup would have been much easier. You'd open God Mode, type power buttons in the search field, and then choose change what the power buttons do. So you don't really need God Mode, but it does provide quick access to more than 200 settings, controls, and apps. They are arranged alphabetically in 33 categories. Instead of drilling down through several layers of the control panel's menus, you get where you want to go with just a bit of text and a single click. Creating God Mode is easy, and you can call it anything you want if God Mode is a problem for you. Start on the computer's desktop or any other location where you'd like the special folder to be. I have a folder called Utilities on the desktop. That's where I put the God Mode folder. But I've named mine The Devil Made Me Do It. To create the folder, select New, Folder, and then name the folder God Mode, period, and then a very long and convoluted string of numbers and letters. You'll find it on the TechBiter Worldwide website, so just copy and paste. It'll save you some time. The part inside the curly braces has to be exactly as I show it on the TechBiter Worldwide website, and there must be a period between the text you use and the part in braces. 
Also, the text can't have any spaces. If you decide to rename the folder later, you can, but you'll see that the name doesn't show up in the directory listing. Only the icon is present. But when God Mode is open, the name you created will appear. And then you'll have fast access to lots and lots of settings. And here's the third tweak for today. You can convert repetitive tasks into clickable jobs. The Utilities folder on my computer's desktop contains a list of possible passwords. Now, these aren't passwords that are in use. No credentials that actually are in use should ever be stored in plain text on the computer. I just keep a long list of passwords for when I might possibly need one. Arrow Admin is present there for times that I need to connect with someone else's computer. Crystal Disk Info and Crystal Disk Mark are included so I can quickly check the health of disk drives. But when you visit the TechBiter Worldwide website, notice delete tempfiles.cmd, restartexplorer.bat, and a couple of other run commands are there. These are batch jobs that I need occasionally. As you'd expect, the delete temp files command deletes temporary files. Big surprise there, right? Restart Explorer can be helpful if the taskbar disappears. Although I haven't encountered this problem with Windows 11, I did see it occasionally with Windows 10. And it's good to know that the command will kill the existing Windows Explorer job and restart the process. This can avoid a nasty power-off reset. DISM and SFC are a couple of commands I run at least once a month, so the operating system will fetch any updated system files from Microsoft and then check for any corruption in the system files. I would generally use Macro Express to record the commands and then play them back in a command window or a PowerShell window, but when either of these is being run as administrator, it will not accept input from Macro Express. It's a security thing. So I created command files and batch files. To use one of them, I simply right-click it and choose Run as Administrator. I've set the background color to be red when administrator permissions are in effect. So there you go, three quick and easy tweaks that can make Windows easier to use. And if you'd like to use any of the command files, you'll find them on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Just copy the text and paste it into a text editor such as Notepad, and then save the resulting file to your preferred location. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the Donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat. In short circuits, although it's possible to burn a CD, DVD, or Blu-ray disc with Windows, I've long been a fan of Image Burn. It's a free utility that makes quick work of the process. When you download the application, you might be surprised to see that it hasn't been updated for nearly a decade. Version 2.5.8.0 was released on the 16th of June, 2013. Version 1 came out in 2005, and one or more updates were issued every year until 2013. 
The application comes with an extensive set of instructions for the user. Wait a minute here. I'll read it. Number one, load image burn. Number two, switch to write mode. Number three, insert disk in burner. Number four, select image to burn. Number five, click write button. There you go. That's the instructions. It doesn't have to be that simple, though. Image Burn has a lot of settings that users can tinker with, and the Image Burn forum has a section called Guides where you'll find helps and lots of information on how to use the more advanced features. But the basic operation really is not difficult. When you load a writable CD, DVD, or Blu-ray disc and start Image Burn, you'll see six options on what the developer calls the Easy Mode Picker. Number one, write image file to disk. Select this and image burn will switch to write mode so you can select an image file. Image files often have ISO extensions, but others are possible. Number two, create image file from disk. This is the function to use if you want to create an ISO file on your computer from an optical disk. And note this works only with disks that have no copy protection enabled. Number three, verify disk. This one can be used after you've created a disk to ensure that it's readable. Number four, write files or folders to disk. This opens the build mode so you can save a completed file compilation to disk. Fifth, create image file from files and folders. This opens the build mode so you can save an image file to the computer's hard disk. And discovery, number six. This is a function that allows the user to review the quality of the media and the disk burner that you're using. In practice, most people will use one of the top two functions, either to create a disk from an image file on the hard drive or to write a set of files and folders to a disk. So let's assume that I have a series of three old dance recital videos that have been converted from videotapes. We can assume that because I do. I select Write Files or Folders to Disk and then drop one of the files onto the source window. Why? one instead of three? Well, that's because the files are all very large and only one will fit on the disk. If you give ImageBurn more data than will fit on a disk, it issues a warning. ImageBurn tells me it's ready to create the disk and all I need to do is press the start icon. Because I haven't yet specified a volume label for the disk, ImageBurn offers a suggestion and then displays a bit of information about the project. The application tells me that burning the disk will take about four minutes, and about four minutes later the process is complete. Because the Verify option was checked, ImageBurn reads the disk, compares it with the source data, and then tells me the process was successful. If you have an ISO file, or a CAB file, any of the other types of disk image files, you'd choose the Write Image File to Disk option as the first step, and then drag that file into the source window. It doesn't get much easier than this. I should note one possible small concern. In the past, some versions of the ImageBurn installer have been known to include potentially unwanted programs. When these have been present, they are not hidden, and the user has the option to simply refuse them. I downloaded the installer file from the ImageBurn website on the 5th of April 2022, and there were no additional components. Checking for potentially unwanted programs is something everyone should do when installing any application, free, shareware, adware, or commercial. 
read the text you're shown by the installer, and use the Advanced Installation option if the installer has one. Then you'll see exactly what's being installed. For more information, or if you want to download ImageBurn, visit the developer's website. And if you want to explore the advanced options, check out the Guides section too. There are links to both of those on the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. When Windows starts up, it displays a lock screen with an attractive image that changes frequently. Pressing any key or clicking the mouse dismisses the lock screen and displays the login screen. Maybe you don't like the lock screen, and maybe you'd like to eliminate it. Well, it's easy to eliminate, and you'll save about half a second at boot time. So if you're so inclined, you do need to edit the registry. And before I explain the registry edit, I have to issue this standard warning about registry edits. Editing the registry can be hazardous. If you make a mistake here, it can cause the computer to become unstable or even make it impossible for Windows to start. So be sure to edit the correct key, because some keys do have similar names. If you add a key or modify an entry, double-check spelling, numbers, and key types. So, if you want to make this change, press the Windows key and R, and then type Reg Edit. Press the Enter key and accept the User Access Control warning. When the Registry Editor opens, select the Local Machine key, H key underscore local underscore machine. Open the Software key. Open the Policies key. Select the Windows key and look to see if a personalization key exists. Now, unless you've already performed this task previously, that key will not exist and you'll need to create it. So, presuming the key doesn't exist, right-click the Windows key and select New Key. Name the key Personalization. Then select the personalization key you just created and right-click it. Choose New D-Word 32-bit value. Name your new D-word value, no lock screen, it's all one word, no spaces in the name. Then double-click no lock screen and enter a value of 1. The lock screen will be disabled immediately. No reboot is required. If you'd like to test, press the Windows key and L, that locks the computer. But instead of seeing the lock screen, you should just see the login screen. This also holds true when you start the computer. Instead of seeing the lock screen, you'll be taken immediately to the login screen, and thus saving about half a second. If you decide later that you really miss that pretty picture from Microsoft, just return to the Personalization section and change the value of No Lock Screen from 1 to 0. You won't need to edit the registry to read the 20 years ago section on the website. This week, it's time to consider how rare UPS units were in 2002 and why having a protective device between the wall outlet and the computer was a very good idea. And it still is. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn. There's more on the website, techbiter.com, and if you have a question or a comment, use the contact link you'll find there. Stop by again next week for another session. <music>